0: Ready for this BoJack talk?
1: Yeah, we forgot it last week, so here we are. We
0: commented it out of our (laughs) of our review.
1: Sometimes you run out of space.
0: Yeah. Wow. Season five. We've got four episodes to cover: five point five to five point eight, which covers the Amelia Earhart story, free churro, int sub, and Mister Peanut Butter's booze.
1: Just right off the top, I'll say I think. Int sub was my favorite
0: that one was wild they have they always have a wild episode where things are all over the place and that was that was this one <laughs> this seasons I liked
1: I liked when one of my favorite parts was the mediator saying I'm gonna tell my story a B story if you will <laughs>
0: yeah it was perfect it was perfect Just no like, that was really good
1: huh, I guess uh yeah this really is a TV show huh
0: Yep, that would be that would be what it is. <laughs> Bobo the angsty zebra.
1: How far into Free Churro were you before you were like, oh, this is the whole thing?
0: When they did the when he did the like um the drum, the rim shot or whatever. Yes. It was like, yeah, okay, this is gonna be <laughs> there's gonna be a lot of this.
1: That's pretty early. All right. I wasn't I wasn't ready for it to be the whole thing still.
0: And um I there was a certain point where it was like I kept on thinking, is he practicing this? He's practicing this. This isn't the real thing. And then when it was the reveal that it was not his mother in the casket. (laughs) I know.
1: I know. Yeah, the setup was a little too obvious in the sense that, like, we knew something was going to go wrong. It just wasn't exactly
0: clear Mm -hmm. what. The Halloween party was pretty funny of, like, bojack like oh, I hate this party and then at the end he's like let's do it again <laughs> next year go. there's uh there's four more four
1: more right I think
0: yep four more two All more right. weeks of doing this two more weeks of doing this so let's get to some baseball um started
1: starting off on a real high note here
0: <laughs> yeah it is so in the dr uh <sighs> why do the twins still have him i i don't know they should get rid of him so we so there's a bar fight and he broke a bouncer's leg. What is No,
1: he literally backed over a policeman. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I like Good they, guy. They don't need him to be a baseball player. Like, they've already pretty much decided they he's not gonna be the real future of the team. I just no. don't see him being an asset that's worth keeping around the distraction. for this. Yeah. Alright, LDS's.
0: Yeah, are you liking watching these? Uh i it's kind of un um unremarkable we are we are recording this after the um last two Yankees Red Sox games, which were in some ways both no doubters. No, that's very true. Um I mean that's the only interesting series to me. <laughs> It's the only series that's left. Well, it's the only
1: now. series A, it's the only series left, but even even in other ones. I mean, Astros swept the Indians, that was like totally uninteresting. Brewers swept the Rockies, also totally uninteresting. Dodgers, I mean, those games were a little bit closer at least, but never that in doubt. And National League teams, so you know, <laughs> less interesting to start with. And National League teams. Um is there anything that you did you learn anything from these?
0: How did the Brewers destroy the Rockies, who got to the point where they're in a one game playoff with the Dodgers? I mean, I think that that we learned a lot about the Brewers being a legitimate team. That's what I would say more is that I think the it's to me the bigger story
1: is that the Brewers are legit than the Rockies didn't show, or the Braves didn't show. I mean, I was maybe a little bit more surprised about the Braves, but part of that could be just their team is so young, and the Dodgers team Age. is so stacked.
0: The Dodgers team started gelling at the right point. Yeah, um, we're gonna talk. I think we're gonna talk about this a little bit later, but yeah, the Dodgers team started gelling at the right point, and they're like, they were built for October. They were not built, and they added. I mean, they, geez, they just changed their middle infield to two of the. Top 20 fantasy players. All right, hold that
1: thought. We'll get into this in just a second. Today on the pod, we are going to dive into the bet box. In the first half, we're going to look at some just some shoot-around bets, some things that we've been talking about, and some things that we're interested in, going all the way back to 1.26, actually. We're going to touch on that. And then in the second half, we're going to look at some, we're going to dive deeply on some specifics talking about some hypothetical trades that we put forth and we had some very specific pitcher predictions that we can evaluate so here we go all right before we get to my favorite bet in the bet box because it's one of the rare ones that i actually win let's just quickly talk about <laughs> why we do the bet box and Absolutely. and what some of our philosophy is my This is totally encapsulated to me, why we do the bet box, is that in episode 2.7, we remarked that Tim Anderson and Trey Turner were both on track for 80-plus steals, and they didn't. Now, we didn't put anything in the bet box on this, but we bet box because it's a tangible way for us to both make these models in our head and extrapolate small sample sizes to be what we think they're going to be in the future.
0: Right, exactly. We're doing we're crowdsourcing, (laughs) essentially these these responses on things that we disagree on strongly enough to like make a claim. And I mean, it would have been funny if you had thought that Trey Turner was going to hit hit the eighty steel mark. He only got to forty (laughs) three, but I think it was in some ways a lot of what we cover. Even if we miss it on the topic, like. That's a really interesting um, piece that we talked about eighty plus steals because, I mean, no one stole bases this year, and it's that's true. what we keep on. That's what we keep on seeing is that nobody's stealing bases,
1: and I think we were both confident that no one was going to steal bases, which is why we didn't put something like that in the bet box. Yeah,
0: why I was trying to push you to put something <laughs> in the bet box.
1: <laughs> you were, you were, you were goading me on that one. Just for the record, Tim Anderson got all of twenty six steals, so, like, <laughs> yeah, um. And also, I think, I mean, we both just like baseball, and a lot of these, a lot of the bet boxes have to do a little bit more on the baseball front than some of the fantasy implications. We do plenty of fantasy implications, but... Oh, exactly. We had some baseball. And that brings Uh me to what we were talking about before, which is... Okay, here we go. Beginning of this year, very beginning of this year, we put down a World Series 2018 bet box... And I didn't pull any clips, but you were merciless to me because you said, I gave you the field and you said I could pick four teams. And I pick Astros, Dodgers, Red Sox, Yankees. It's almost like those teams are all still alive. (laughs) Yeah. Which teams are still in there? And so Eric has the field, which is now, this bet is not done, of course. The Brewers could still win it all, but the field is officially the Brewers.
0: Yeah, and I think that that's remarkable. It I is. I mean, it just doesn't happen because usually you have teams fall off, and I assumed that one of the Astros or the Dodgers was not even going to make the playoffs. Right. I mean, or was not even going to make it to the like the regular playoffs. Like one of them would have a wild card and would like lose that. Right. But this is why I made you pause
1: in the intro because those teams, like the Dodgers. I have such a big payroll that they're willing to move money to make it happen. The Mm -hmm. Dodgers were like, maybe we're not going to make the playoffs. Let's go get two of the best infielders in baseball.
0: (laughs) And make sure that we do. Or next year that we do. Right. Exactly. And the Astros were, I mean, I was rooting for, I wasn't rooting for the Astros, but I was (laughs) uh, identifying the Astros all last year. Yeah. That they were um, just any player you wanted on your fantasy squad. And this is, and this happened again. It happened again this year that they, they continued to dominate. Some of the names sort of changed, but they made all the right additions. And then the other thing, I mean, Red Sox, Yankees, how are, how are they both in the playoffs?
1: How are they both in the playoffs? How are they both doing so well? I mean, it's, on some level, it's unfair that those two are playing each other right now in the division series.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: Uh, how about this one? Here's one that's actually done. Stanton, over under, 48.5 home runs in the bet box, 110 games. Now, we did this before he moved to the Yankees. Mm-hmm. And we thought it looked really good for us to disagree on. <laughs> yeah go ahead i'll give it to you talk it up
0: yeah so he hit 158 games uh played this season incredible that is amazing only 38 home runs you were you were ecstatic you were ecstatic about him going to the yankees and um wow he underperformed (laughs) It's just so saying. crazy
1: because cause we were convinced that the only, like, even you were convinced that the reason that he wouldn't get to that many home runs was because he wouldn't be on the field. Game split. Yeah. And he's on the field. He's on the field for all but four games this year.
0: <laughs> mm hmm. That, that is incredible. I hadn't even, I hadn't really even followed that because I was like, I'm just going to, you know, pull the band aid at the end of the season.
1: <laughs> Agree. Are you reevaluating him as like a an epic consistent power hitter i mean he clearly has moonshots when he hits home runs
0: hey 38 home runs is not bad it, and i know that this era is we're getting a lot more home runs but if that's your down year when you change teams and um didn't he have all of those like roommate fiascos right before the season started? yeah
1: that's true but he he has a he has a much better team around him than he ever had in,
0: in miami he could go back and hit sixty home runs next year. I mean, I I, I don't think there's there's anything that we, we're seeing that's um saying that he's falling off the I mean off the I,
1: I think we could have we could have table. set up a bet box at the beginning of the year just simply is Chris Davis or Stanton going to hit more home runs? And I don't think either of us would have taken that. Like either of us would have taken Davis on that, and yet he out hits him by ten.
0: <laughs> I might have said that I don't want to do that. Um yeah. You know, gotten into that territory. But yeah, I agree. Wow. It's a good one.
1: <laughs> All right. How about this one? Episode 1.43, I just made pretty much the dumbest possible claim, which was of our top 10 guys, which we made it, <laughs> a year ago, pretty much, over under 7.5 of them ending in the top 10. And you said, that's stupid. None of them are, like, who knows how many. Maybe three. Maybe right. four. All right. So let me run through your top ten. And what the goal, of course, was to try and measure how confident we were. The overarching idea was how confident are you in your top ten. So here's your top ten. you should have done top 12. <laughs> yeah. Mike Trout, Jose Altuve, Paul Goldschmidt, Trey Turner, Nolan Arenado, Charlie Blackman, Mookie Betts, Bryce Harper, Clayton Kershaw, Joey Votto. So that's... Four?
0: No, 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 no. Uh, on the player radar. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Tell me the
1: player radar top ten.
0: Here's the player radar top ten. Betts. Okay. We both got him. Christian Yelich. Yeah.
1: Neither of us. He's got him. so far down on both of our lists.
0: Max Scherzer. Where? He's, neither of us.
1: You have him fourteen. I have him okay. twenty.
0: Justin Verlander. I
1: Did he make our lists? I don't think he did. I don't know. Did we?
0: J.D. Martinez. Jacob DeGrom. Jose Ramirez. Oh, man. Blake Snell. Edwin Diaz. And Blake Trinan, according to the uh, ESPN Player Radar. There's basically no chance that we could have gotten these right because of all the pitcher
1: value which is the thing that I always overlook. All right, how about a more recent one? Let's zoom ahead before we get into some of the trade-specific ones. In episode 2.21, as you'll learn after the break, we were pretty obsessed with forecasting wins this year. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I made some predictions, and we did over-unders on these. Uh, I thought that all these guys were going to get overs, which is pretty disappointing for the most part, except for Hap. We actually both believed in J. Happ. We predicted 13, or I predicted 13 wins, and he got 17. Yes. Uh, he killed him once he got on the Yankees. Yep. Yes, He, he wins. Yes, he really did. That was a big transformation. Um, this one comes up twice, but Julio Tehran, uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, he's definitely getting over 12.5 wins, and you said, not a chance, and he got nine. Yep. Sounds about right. On a playoff team, no less. That's even worse. Yep. <laughs> He just doesn't win games uh lance mccullers jr said 15 wins he got 10
0: love it lance mccullers did exactly what i expected i know season.
1: i i am too optimistic in wins but i think we'll learn in just a second that i'm just optimistic in all the wrong places <laughs> <laughs> you were you delightfully pessimistic on this
0: <laughs> yeah no that was pretty good um yeah that's about right yeah predicting wins is really tough because it's not connected totally to a player's skill it's connected to the team and it's connected to how many innings a pitcher is going to do (sighs) so true
1: sometimes our mental models include intangibles and sometimes those intangibles have to do with facial hair here's an outtake can i just really quickly say that i hate his facial hair and i think that affects how good i think he is
0: it's like the exact opposite of Cory Kluber. Yes, like, yes, I never would have thrown Cory Kluber back into the pool if he had had the facial hair he has now. <laughs> Did you just look at him up? Dude? It's so bad, have to. I mean, he should be on, like, Austin Powers as, in, as a vil- villain. I, I mean, don't put the picture in. <laughs> All
1: right, let's continue our conversation from the first half here. And step back a little bit further in time. So we were making these predictions even earlier. Episode 2.09, we both bet boxed, pitcher wins. Yep. So we'll talk Ooh. through, well, <laughs> we, we each went out and made our predictions that the other person was just like, there, there's no chance. They, these are crazy These are crazy predictions. So let me, let me run through mine first. I'll get my self-embarrassment out of the way and then we'll move to you. Um, how about this? <laughs> I'll give you the predictions and then the totals. Cole Hamill, 17 Mm -hmm. wins predicted. He got 9. Max Scherzer, 17 wins predicted. He got 18. Good job. Patrick Corbin, he got 8. I predicted 18 wins. He got 11. I still love him. I don't care. Blake Snell, I think I just uh, transposed these numbers. I predicted 12 wins. He got 21 (laughs) wins. (laughs) That is so crazy. 21 wins. He's
0: going to win the Cy
1: Young. I don't I don't don't, okay last one Julio Tehran I predicted 13 wins as we just discussed he got 9 okay back (laughs) to back to Blake Snell what what is going on he's going to win the Cy Young you're right
0: (laughs) we're we've talked about him so much and everybody probably wants us to shut up but I I don't know is this a James uh, is this a James Paxton thing where like you're gonna come out of the gates next year and be like I'm on Blake Snell (laughs) I I'm not convinced that Blake Snell
1: goes back into the pool in our home league.
0: Ooh, interesting, <laughs> very true. Uh,
1: but Blake Snell to me is really, really, really contingent on something that we'll talk about in the wrap, which is what happens with managers. Mm-hmm. And what happens with true. the team around him. The manager's not changing, but the team around him and it, will always be in the changing, and yeah. The manager has demonstrated in Tampa Bay. We're talking about a willingness to just throw all the norms out the window. So, I mean, maybe Blake Snell only starts twenty games next year. Like, I mean, who knows?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Wow, Blake Snell. Yep. I mean, this is this is sort of a Robbie Ray moment. It really is. Um, Blake Snell got twenty one wins. He's,
1: wow. He's the the winningest pitcher in baseball this year. That is insane.
0: And based on the way that you're treating this, you don't think that he's going to be a top 40 pitcher, so let's put it in the bet box. Blake Snell is going to be a top 40 pitcher. Blake Snell is, I mean, <laughs> he's
1: a top four pitcher this year. I mean, the thing about Blake Snell is that his numbers are so legit.
0: <laughs> I know, uh, they they are, and he was on a team that it, that it shows that he was it shows his skill that he was able to get to 21 wins and have the stats that he did on that that team. Yeah. I mean, I think that they're more defensive-minded than some teams, but still. Your pitchers, you did
1: two tiers here. You did 16-plus wins, 14-plus wins. Let's Let's just do the top-line numbers. For 16-plus wins, you predicted that four guys would get there this year. 13 guys actually did it. At 14-plus wins... Ooh. You said that seven guys would get there, 23 guys actually did it. So, you are pessimistic on
0: runs, Let's, or on wins. I, Let's just get that wins, out of the yeah, way. no, I yeah. am. Yeah, wow. Okay, so I said for 16-plus wins, I said Kershaw, he ended up with nine. Scherzer, he ended up with 18. Sale, ended up with 12. Kluber, 20. So, 50-50 <laughs> there on the on the guys that I predicted. It's not bad. I don't... Yeah, I should have... I had a couple more guys, I guess, predicted as 16 plus wins. You know, I think that's right. And I should have, or I should have been like perfect with the ones that I picked. Wow, this really shows how much wins are unpredictable. Okay, so the 14 plus win guys, I had Strasburg only got to 10. Carrasco, he was actually a 16 plus winner, he got 17. Severino got 19. Verlander got 16, so right in the range. Quintana, ooh, he only got to 13, but that's pretty close. Martinez only got to 8, and Dallas Keuchel only got to 12.
1: I'm surprised. I, I'm, most conf, I'm most surprised by the fact that you got Quintana in there because that, to me, when I was putting these numbers together, I thought, oh, there's no way. There's no way he made it. Mm. And 13 and is got 13, way closer yeah. than I thought.
0: Yeah, exactly. Man, so do we need to change our thresholds here? Should I change my threshold here to 18 plus, 12 plus, and 18 plus? Wherein all I'm saying is like, because the whole point of this is someone who's 14 plus could be in the 16 plus category. But the idea is that we're trying to tier it for who's going to be able to. um, If you are relying on like a best start strategy, who's going to be able to get you a shit ton of wins yes i think we
1: do need i think we do need to change the tiers because 16 and 14 we thought that that was gonna really be a huge plateau this year and it didn't turn out that way no they we went back to the traditional twenty, twenty win all right there's actually a really good one that i liked that we talked about june 1st you posed a bunch of hypothetical trades Uh, We'll kind of Mm -hmm. just buzz through these, but I thought they were really interesting and they're just kind of painfully obvious now on some level. You did these based on ownership. So you looked up guys that had the same ownership rates on June 1st. Pretty interesting here. Um, So just to give you a taste of what you did, you had some that were all over the map here. Let's start with the most complex one that's also the easiest to evaluate. (laughs) Sean Newcomb and Adam Jones for Hugh Darvish and Jed Lowry. Ow. Ow is right. <laughs> Ow is right. But we knew that, and we picked Sean Newcomb and, and Adam Jones.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly, because you have the guy who is, like, high upside. Let's just, you know, let's go with him. And then the um, just dirt cheap production yep. and
1: Adam Jones. Yep. How about this one? Yassiel Puig versus Marcus Simeon. Puig ended up having kind of a year, right? Puig did, and we—I—I I picked Simeon. I—I'd uh, be regretting that trade right now.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. Puig kind of has kind of taken to his role now, which is which is. I good.
1: mean, that was always the thing about Puig was that he, as soon as he decided to settle into whatever role and like actually be a team player, uh-huh. he was always going to be a usable worthwhile fantasy option it was just when he was, it was just when he was spending all that time being upset and getting sent down to AAA that he was unownable
0: yeah exactly because if he has 400 at bats it's almost better yeah and if you know when yeah. he's gonna play exactly. but it took him a little while to get to that point probably about mid-season um how about this julio Tehron versus luke weaver one
1: I still stand by Tehran as long as you, which was my pick at the time, as long as you temper your expectations.
0: Well, right. I mean, Luke Weaver was not better. I mean, Julio Tehran was better over the course of the season. Yeah, but he's, I agree with
1: that, but he's so up and down.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, it's art. Yeah. You could extract more value and you could get hurt more by Tehran. That's right. But Luke Weaver did nothing.
1: That's true. That's true. But you at least know. All right. How about this one? This one's hilarious now. Daniel Mangdon for Bud Norris. And I wish you could pick an option that was neither. Just drop them and pick anybody else. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Daniel Mangdon is the, uh, you know, the namesake of the Mangdon, which is our our now famous ownership curve (laughs) where you have an enormous spike that pretty quickly tails off again. precipitous (laughs)
0: precipitous <laughs> fall
1: yes uh bud norris i mean useless at the end of the year useful for yeah but he he had a lot of utility from june one on that's right i mean a lot more than daniel june one to august one he was valuable <laughs> very yeah. valuable
0: you want to wrap this sucker up
1: yeah can we do an epl check-in <laughs>
0: Yeah, I actually had EPL on the the TV. Um, I was rooting for Fulham, and they had an equalizer, and then let in just goal after goal after goal.
1: Yeah, Fulham is still not about to be relegated, unlike Cardiff City. Pretty close. Uh, Cardiff City is going right back down. There's no chance Cardiff City stays up. They've played eight games. They have scored two points. (laughs) <laughs> Obviously both from ties. Two draws. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is it is it is not looking good for Cardiff City. Uh but things are getting interesting and I'm always you know, I'm always struck by just the round robinness of EPL and it it's right about now when you're like this could be one of the most impactful matches of the season, and you're like, "It's October? <laughs> what are you talking yeah, about?" Yeah, it's it's insane. I'm like, oh yeah, well, it's the Liverpool Man City, just a total you know heavyweight slugfest. Of course, it ends yeah. in a zero zero tie, which is just you know again just how soccer works. But like, this happened in October. Okay, it's over now.
0: I know it's it's super important, but they I I do like the way that they. They have the season because everybody plays each other, their home field in a way, and so at the end of the season, it's far more um, equitable, you know, than like the NFL where it's like, yeah, you play everyone in your division twice, and then you play two random teams, and then another division, and you don't have like you have to play either home or away. So like your schedule, even if if you're in the same division, your schedule could be wildly different i mean your vikings versus the packers could have wildly different um strengths of schedule that's
1: why people are obsessed with strength of schedule yeah and it doesn't mean anything in the epl
0: i think that about brings us to the review session truman show what
1: a movie what a movie what a movie also 20 years old
0: Twenty years old. Twenty years old this year. Yeah, we should have done the like anniversary.
1: We should have done the anniversary. And uh, really interesting. I mean, aged well. First of all,
0: aged pretty well. Yeah, and in sort of that way that like Mad Men is going to age well because they sort of made the community sort of Stepford Wife fifties ish. That's right. But in like instead of it being like painfully 90s (laughs) i like the Kristoff role a lot in here i think he fulfills
1: the what what they're intending i think he acts that role very well like the this the pseudo philosopher
0: (laughs) pseudo philosopher but he's just a director i mean this is sort of like so much more relevant right now with like reality tv and these uh director auteurs this is like we're right back in in this era like i could see um you know who would be a good one to do it like joss whedon yes like, yes <laughs> being like truman shells i it. i
1: appreciated the thing that i one of the parts that i'd forgotten about that i really appreciated was christoph cueing the piano music when he's re-meeting his dad <laughs> like okay 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 like Ah, yeah, this is great. Good. And right after really but, but the thing. thing that happened is that right after that, then I was hyper attuned to the music for the whole rest of the movie. <laughs>
0: <sighs> I know. Yeah, man, that movie is just, it's great on a, like, it's great on a like high concept level of, this is such a weird, um, like fantastical concept. I mean, it fits in with a lot of these other movies in that kind of way. You have this and the matrix and they're both basically Man. the very similar concepts but um, born out and just through different vehicles so and close what in time. the person ends up doing is um, you know huge how, how a human reacts and I think maybe maybe if you made this movie today Truman would um, the the end would be very different the end would be very different I buy that. Yeah, for sure. Alright, so what are we gonna do this week? At the risk of just
1: consistently picking Harry Potters, but I want to give ourselves a little bit of prep time Let's just before do the it. next Let's one. Do it. No, you're not gonna expect this though. I want to watch the oh, first boy. Fantastic Beasts and prep for the one Ooh. that's coming out in a couple in a month. Okay, I'll do it. We'll do it. Yeah. You can talk about the,
0: the modern HP. Harry
1: Potter mythology.
0: HP time. Yeah. Yeah, no, we we really do need to all right time for a little housekeeping be sure to subscribe to us on itunes and follow us on twitter fantasy tools mind the z thank you mild manner for letting us use your tunes be sure to follow them on soundcloud and facebook feel free to email us with questions or comments send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com again mind the z all i've got left is worst of luck to you buddy worst of luck to you too